And especially for for you guys listening that are the younger generation that you were brought up with a phone in your face, right? It's like you have to create your life. You have to design your life. Otherwise, it'll be designed for you. And when, when it's designed for you, it's just a constant reaction instead of you stepping into the role that God has for you, which is the co-creator of your life. He gave you the, the, the clay. He gave you the gifts. He gave you the talent. He gave you the intellect. He gave you the opportunity. But you are the co-creator. The gifts are present already. What you do with those gifts, that's the outcome of your life. That is, we have free will. That is the outcome of our lives. And so you yeah. have to decide, what will you do with the clay? right? How will you exercise the free will that you have in your own life to be a co-creator of absolutely anything that you desire? As seen on ABC, Fox, NBC, and the CW, Kelly Roach is an eight-figure business builder, a coach for billion-dollar organizations, founder of the Live Launch Method, best-selling author, and podcast host of The Kelly Roach Show. I pray this episode blesses you, friend. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can, a light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it. Be it. Love people. Be kind. Honor them. Honor yourself. This is made to shine. Welcome back to Made to Shine. As you just heard in that introduction, we are in for a delight today. We have the beautiful, amazing, impressive, so knowledgeable Kelly Roach on with us today. And why I wanted her on, as everybody knows on this podcast, we believe that everybody has a ministry. It's not just preachers. It's not just pastors. It's the way you live your life. It's when you're hanging out with friends in college. It's when you're walking with friends in high school or when you're leading massive businesses, when you leave leave school and go into the corporate world, whatever have you. And Kelly, between being a wife, an author, just a podcast host of one of the top podcasts, she's leading so many amazing people in their business endeavors. She worked with Fortune 500 companies. I mean, she is amazing. And Kelly, I've just seen from afar, you shine your light in all that you do. And I cannot wait to hear the value that you have today for our Made to Shine audience. Thank you for being on. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. And um, you don't know this, but at Made to Shine, we have a tradition, which is before we dive into the crux of what we're going to talk about today, the question I start off every single conversation is, what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, well, I would say the quote I've lived my entire life by is just be the best that you can be in everything that you do. And I think, you know, your perspective of uh, staying humble and staying focused on just showing up fully in the moment, in the task at hand, 
with who you're present with in the moment is is everything, right? And so yeah. I think especially in our world today, it's it's even more important to just have that reminder of being present and applying yourself because you don't realize, you know, you could be having a little side conversation with someone that changes someone's life because you said one little thing that just you didn't think twice about, but you were just, you know, there in that moment with that person. I think there's people watching and listening everything we do. Um, so just showing up, you know? Oh, I love that. I actually, it's funny you say just show up because I have a big poster. It's not in this office, but in another one that says the success is in showing up. And I believe that because I think, um, even let's talk about podcasting, you know, Jesse Itzler, I think, told us that like 25% of podcasts um, are only successful because the rest of the people only have one episode or something like that. Yeah. Crazy. And you just think about podcasting. If you just continue to do it, you're already better than a majority of the people. It's just showing up time and time again. Um, And I know that you, as an incredibly successful business person, you know that to be true in your heart and your story. And I was actually looking on your Instagram a few days ago, and you talk a lot about the quiet work. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the quiet work a lot of times is the the behind-the-scenes work of business that we don't typically see. And I think that's true with our stories too. Like there's a behind the scenes story that I can't see on Kelly's Instagram or so talk us through. I mean, someone looks at you today and they're like, she's the dream. That's what I want to be doing. (laughs) What's the, what's the quiet behind the scenes story that kind of got you, got you here? Yeah. I mean, listen, I was on the free lunch line. Um, my mom shopped at the expired goods warehouse, um, we really couldn't afford to do any of the things that I wanted to do growing up. And so I figured out how to make them happen anyway, right? I, I scrubbed the dance studio floors. I went and negotiated with the owner of the gymnastics gym that I wanted to, to train at. Um, I always found a way, right? And um, that just led me into, you know, when I went to corporate, I was the first one in, the last one out every single day. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I build a $50 million portfolio. And it wasn't magic. I was a B student. I I struggled in school. I was always up at 5am studying, trying to, you know, work and and get good grades. But it just I wasn't like a a necessarily book smart person. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I always was resourceful. And uh, I I wasn't willing to take no for an answer, right? So for me, before I ever started in the business world, um, I really just applied myself as much as I possibly could. Um, I had like five jobs in college. I learned so much from being a cocktail server and an NFL cheerleader and aerobics instructor and a babysitter. And I was doing all these different things, going through school, just paying the bills, you know. And um, and and ultimately, I never really dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I never dreamed of uh, running my own company. That was not what my aspiration was. But you know, once I built this entity within the Fortune 500 that I was working for, and I realized, you know, I'm really not making a difference here. I'm making this one company millions and millions of dollars, and I want to be dedicating my life to vocation, to uh, helping people, to touching people, to changing people's lives, to taking everything I learn and making a difference. Um, and and I will say, you know, you mentioned about the podcast. For me, I'm, a, I'm almost at a, episode 1,000 on my show. Right. And I I have been, first of all, I built my business while I was working full time because I had a a new baby at home. And my husband and I had decided that we wanted one of us to be home full time. We did not want our daughter in daycare. 
And that was a choice that we had made when we were dating before we even got married. We were like, you know, this is important to us. And um, I think that it's really easy in life to let circumstances dictate your outcomes and let instead of letting circumstances dictate your resourcefulness. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's something really important to think about. So I know that was kind of a long answer, but maybe no, that gives like a couple so insights into yes. you know, where I came from and where I'm, you know, coming from, I guess. I love it because I will say, I think this upcoming generation and, and I love them for it, very entrepreneurial, you know, yeah. like they want to do their own thing. They want to be their own yeah. boss. We see, I think um, this, this influencing world has had a lot of impact on that, what have you. But I'm curious because there's a lot of young people right now working a job mm-hmm. that they hate, mm-hmm. that they don't like, and mm-hmm. they want to do their own thing or they want mm-hmm. to break off. But mm-hmm. I think that there's a reason for every season and that sometimes God puts tools in our tool belt that we need to have the character for the next thing that's coming our way. So talk to me through the importance that you see in hindsight of having those years kind of maybe not doing your own thing or living the dream life, so to speak, that that taught you to be able to, to be successful in what you're doing right now. Um, I'm so happy that you asked that. I was actually being interviewed yesterday and I was sharing that I actually use what I learned in my corporate job every single day. Now I have a portfolio of six companies. I, I My original company, I took to eight figures and then I started breaking out all of my satellite companies. Um, the fundamentals that you learn in a job, leadership, communication, sales, um, deliverables, understanding metrics, um, being accountable to a budget, uh, that experience is so invaluable. And I personally believe, and this is one of the things that really motivated me to get into the world of small business because I saw the small business failure rate. And I very clearly understood that the reason why failure rate is so high in the business world is that people start with a passion and a dream and a thing that they are talented at, but they don't realize that the vast majority of building a successful company is not in that skill or expertise, that service that you're going to provide, but it's actually in the skill of business management. It's in the skill of leadership, building winning teams, understanding how to manage money, um, P&L, finance, right, operations, um, communication. And, you know, even developing your on-camera presence now is, is one of the top most important skills in business. So, you know, what I would say to anyone that is, you know, listening to this today that has a vision of ultimately becoming an entrepreneur, that's amazing. And it's a great path in life. And you want to get some critical tools in your tool belt um, while someone else is funding that learning process for you. When you go into a corporate environment, like if you pick the right company and if you get a, a good boss that actually is invested in training and mentoring you, you're getting paid to learn. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go straight out on your own, you're paying that way for yourself. And that's why a lot of people run out of money because mm-hmm. they're learning on the job of entrepreneurship, but they don't have a corporate entity that's paying to train them. They're paying to train themselves, right? And so many people run out of money in that process. So I think just being a little patient is important Mm -hmm. and not saying don't go for your dream. Absolutely. But like for me, I'll give a a perfect example. I worked my full-time job for over five years while I was building my business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't like burn the boats. I'm going to go spend my life savings and destroy everything that I just spent 10 years building um, while I start and learn how to be an entrepreneur. And I had very high level business and leadership experience running a team of 100 people before I started my business. And I still was like, nah, I'm going to build a bridge. I'm not going to burn the boat. And I think that's something really important for people like me to be speaking out about because I think most of the mentality out there is super reckless. And I think that's why the failure rate is so high. I'm not saying being fearful or being scared. I'm saying be strategic. That I, everyone needs to rewind and listen to that again. I could not agree more because I think we do live such a day and age that it's almost like you're not committed if you're not right. giving up everything and willing to sleep on a mattress yeah. to go... I'm the same, like for me, I worked corporate tech sales and it's funny because the running meetings, discovery questions, learning how to close deals, all of that has come forth in what I'm doing now, but good night. I was not willing to sleep on a mattress on some random floor. No, like I have a lifestyle that I want to obtain. And so I think the true sign of commitment is, are you willing to do the work when it's inconvenient, when you have to do it before your corporate job, after your corporate job? And that's the message that I'm trying to teach a lot of these people coming up because the whole like burn the boats. I mean, good, good night. I just, I don't know. I I don't think that's, there's a way to be strategic. I like that word that you said. For sure. For sure. Um, you talk a lot about following your, like in defining your internal instincts. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think in business, sometimes we fall to the realm of it's, it's logical. It's got to be on paper, factual. It's got to add up. But there is this internal like knowing. I think it's the spirit, yeah. right? It comes from God. It's like this. So talk to me about your relationship with that and navigating your way to this incredibly successful business. You've yeah, got. definitely. I think that um, the power of intuition, Holy Spirit, is it's it's so crucial, right? Because each of us were put here for a reason with a purpose and a plan, right? And I am mm-hmm. very much of the perspective that we when you figure out what your life calling is when you figure out god instilled these gifts in you for a reason he gave you the gifts that you have the talent that you have he gave you that talent and your responsibility is to figure out the highest and best use of that right and i think in everything in life <clears throat> sometimes the decision on paper is absolutely the wrong one even though everything looks right Right. And sometimes, you know, the logical decision is the right one. And I think that it's this it's this balance and it's this self-trust and it's developing this self-leadership of the balance between, you know, logic and strategy and intuition and self-trust and and also faith, faith in the bigger picture, faith in um, what your calling is, courage, right? Having the courage to keep digging deeper to say, you know, what would you have of me, God? What is the plan for my life? What is the bigger picture? I may not be able to do it on my own, but I trust with you anything is possible, right? So have you always incorporated faith into your career? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And the answer is no. Um, I've always been a person of faith. I have always been a person of faith. My faith has gone on a long and windy trip through the years and, and throughout my life. And I've always been a person of God. I've always been a believer. 
And I think when I was coming up and and first initially building my business, especially in the online space, I felt very um, fearful to share my beliefs and to share my faith publicly and to really claim it in everything that I was doing. And um, it's just been in the last like couple years that I was really like, you know what, this is this is why I'm having success. And if I'm not talking about the fact that it's my faith that's getting me through. It's my faith. It's my belief. It's my gifts from God. It's it's all of those things. I can't really be the leader that I want to be or be the mentor that I want to be if I'm not leading with that, right? And so mm-hmm. that was a huge evolution for me. It took me a really long time to have the courage to really lead with that. Um, and I'm so glad now that that I am because I think in our world, especially today, um, so many people are lost and they are seeking and searching for things externally that can only be found in the love of God. They're seeking and searching for a peace that can only be found in the love of God. And I think a lot of people are carrying things or trying to carry things on their own that they're not going to be able to, right? And they have to tap into something bigger than themselves. But I think, unfortunately, in the world today, society has become very godless and you have to be very intentional about seeking out people and mentors and spaces uh, where people are believers that are going to encourage you to grow in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally am on like par with you there around, you know, I think that I'm, I'm curious what, if, if any, like how your definition of success has changed from when you were building it on less of a foundation of God to now when you're leading with faith. Because I think there is a connotation in the world that, you know, giving something to God, it's it's like you're in a way going to be less successful or it's bad to be successful. It's yes. bad to be ambitious. Like, like talk to me about that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think first of all, you know, in the Bible, I think it's like one of abundance is like one of the most used phrases like in the Bible, right? Like I think it's in there like a couple thousand times. And, you know, obviously like in in God's world and in his natural creation, everything is in abundance, right? It's us humans mm-hmm. that create scarcity and create fear and, and all of those things. So I think that that's one perspective there. Um, I think for me, actually, like when I look at the perspective of, you know, what I can do and what I was doing and what I did do um, on my own, nothing's on your own. Um, but when I was really reliant more on on self versus really thinking about like God's role in what I was doing, um, I think I was much more focused on like the transaction and the outcome and the achievement and the result and all of those things, which I got. Um, and, and I always had a mind for um, being really intentional about being of service. That's why I even did this, right? So it's not like that was not present. Um, but I think now I have just a much more peaceful approach to everything that I'm doing. My goals are not any smaller. I think I think there's far more that I can do um, in in trusting in God and and looking for His guidance and and having Him order my steps. Right. So I I don't think that that um, 
is a discouragement from setting big goals or stands in the way. Mm -hmm. I think it, it actually facilitates it. And I think most of what we really want to do in the world in terms of impacting people and touching lives and, you know, um, really creating a ripple effect, a legacy of, of our work, um, you know, that, that needs to come through you from God. Right. And, and that's, yeah, that's how yeah. it's going to be, um, the greatest use of your gifts. And that's really what it is. So, um, I think that yeah. there is like a very strange kind of twisted perspective of like, you can't do good and, and want to make money and also like be, a, you know, a person of God, God is abundant, right? Like when, when money is put in the right hands, unbelievable things happen. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. just something so important for everyone listening to remember is like, money put in the right hands changes the world and you can both mm -hmm. make a lot of money and you can do a ton of good and you can use your mm -hmm. gifts in your highest and, and best capacity. Amen. I love that. I was actually reading, there's a book, I think it's Michael Howells, maybe the psychology of money. I might be watching the author's name, but he talks about how money makes you more of the person you it's already so are. True. So if you're greedy, it's going to make you more greedy. Yeah. If it's, if you're a giver, it's going to make you more yeah. of a giver. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. My mom, actually, she works with a lot of clients, um, with their portfolio and, you know, she's like, you meet some of the stingiest people in the world that have the most amount of money. And then you yeah. meet the best people in the world. And it's true. So I love what yeah. you said there. A pastor of mine once said, um, God doesn't make you less ambitious, but a better type of ambitious. Oh, I feel Not that. Not less successful, yes. but a better type of successful. And you said when you were, were talking through that, like all the achievements, all the accolades, you yeah. got it. You got the things that you were gunning for. And it sounded like there was a, a missing piece in that equation. Once you got it, you realized, wait, do I really have yeah. it? So was there a moment you were like, there must be another part of success I'm not tapping into or? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, I, I had all of this success. I, I achieved so many things that were like on the, the list that I wanted to achieve. And my pivot point was when I realized like, I'm really not glorifying God in what I'm doing. And is that really, can I really be answering my calling if if I'm not doing that like meaning I think there came a point where I realized like I'm teaching thousands of people business and mindset and all of these things but if if part of what I'm teaching is not faith if part of what I'm teaching is not about God it is not incorporating that am I actually fulfilling the plan for my life and you yeah. know, that was like a really strong pivot point for me of it wasn't just incorporating faith into my business. The pivot point for me was like, how am I being in alignment with my purpose mm. if I'm teaching all these other things and there isn't a faith component, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We're was there resistance towards that with the people you worked with at no, all? No, I mean, there... of course. Like the first day that I started uh, praying and said God on one of my calls, I immediately had someone email my team and be like, I'm out. Um, and I've had mm. people definitely be like, you know, um, this isn't for me. And they've just like 
excuse themselves and whatever. But 99% of people have been amazing and they're like so welcoming of it and they're so excited. And this is the thing. Everybody's at a different place in their journey. So that, that same person that raised their hand and exited immediately, a year from now, two years from now, chances are God will touch them in a way that their pivot point happens and and they'll be back, you know? And and that's the thing is like, we can't, we can't force anyone to be at a different place in their God journey than they are. And that's not our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to show up as the light every single day. And by people interacting with us, a natural byproduct of that should be, okay, well, I love being around this human and this human lives this way and believes this. So maybe if that's good for that person, maybe I should check that out for me, right? It's it's a byproduct of your being, right? And so that's all I'm trying to do is like just expose people to a way of being. And if they like that way of being and they like that way of of, of shining light in the world, maybe then they will say, you know what? I, I want what she's having. I'm going to go check out this God thing and yes. see what this is all about, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is uh, so on point. I, I was recording actually a couple weeks ago a podcast on like how to walk out your faith in your corporate job and it very much said something similar. It's like, it's not about hitting people over the head with Bible verses. It's about being so kind and so loving and so forgiving. People are like, either she's crazy or she knows something that I don't. That's exactly right. And that's how, I mean, that's how you shine faith in business. It's being so honest and with so much integrity. It's so true. And and it's it's very interesting because um, you don't even need to say it. And that was the biggest learning for me when I made the pivot into really sharing this and, and bringing this into my business, the thing that was most telling for me was that there were so many God people already in my realm. Like I wasn't saying it, but they were already feeling it. And so I was already attracting all of these people that believe it and want more of it and were attracted to me because of it, even though I wasn't even saying it. You know what I'm saying? So you're absolutely right. It's just living. It's just how you live. It's how you show up. It's how you interact. And that's why I said, you know, with the quote, be the best that you can be in everything that you do. It's a way of being, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And be the best you can be. I think about like with this generation coming up, we kind of, I don't know, in a way we're, I mean, we're constantly inundated with what other people are doing, all the stuff. And I think sometimes we're trying to be the best what we think other people want us to be or what other people are yes. being. And you talk about building that sound foundation yeah. for a lot of the clients you work with. And I know you talk about self-love yeah. being an integral part yeah. of that. So did that come from a time in your life where you weren't experiencing self-love in your business journey or personal journey? Or what did that yeah, look like? It's interesting. I think the first time I really, I didn't think about self-love for a really, really long time. Like it wasn't even something on my radar. I was just kind of like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make stuff happen. I'm going to be the best that I can be. Um, but I think for me in the last couple of years, I realized how, um, how much people punish themselves. Like I think people beat that. Like I think I think most people are their own worst critic, and I started seeing that in so many of my clients and so many people that were feeling so much pain and anxiety and 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 stress. Um, and so I realized how important it was um, to talk about that. And I, I feel like I have pretty healthy self talk. Like I'm not someone that you know is constantly like 
you know, saying negative things to myself, but it's something we can all work on, right? And I think that um, to your point, I think just recognizing again, like first of all, and I say this all the time, love me some internet marketing, but the internet is full of mirages and projections, right? And so it's really important to not get caught up in the vortex of like what that is and to really be focused on running your own race and to really be focused on exploring your own purpose and to really, you know, make sure that, you know, you're, you're, in the world, but not of the world. And I think that's especially important right now with everything that's going on. Like you just got to show up. You got to do you. You got to be the best you can be. You got to not worry about keeping up with this or, you know, being accepted by that or whatever the case. And and it'll all work out, you know. So in the world, but not of the world. How, like, I'm thinking about the 20-year-old right now that just got off scrolling on Instagram, probably listening to this while scrolling on TikTok or something, right? Or the 24-year-old that's at work looking through their emails listening to this. Like, how do you practically live your life in the world with people Mm -hmm. and and, but not be of it? How did you find that? that Yeah, I think one of the most important things is is creating uh, space where you are really sitting with what you want for your life and and taking time for quiet internal reflection. Because I think what happens is like when you're constantly like just on the devices and you're online and you're on this and it's dings and buzzes and, you know, all these things, all of your energy is being dissipated outward. And it's like you're absorbing, absorbing, absorbing from all of these external sources and you're not even clear anymore on who you are or what you're trying to do or what you're trying to create. And, you know, I think taking time for self-reflection and taking time to really design your own life, right? Because when you take time to design your own life, when you're clear on what you want to get out of your life, when you're clear on what you want in your relationships, when you're present in what actually matters to you, you're not going to want or desire to be constantly absorbing this energy from everyone else. Like I give the example all the time, like for me, I don't watch or consume content online. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a consumer, right? I'm a creator, which means I, Mm. I basically read a book a week. That's how I learn. That's how I consume content because I'm after timeless concepts that can create new neural pathways in my brain. I don't want this Mm. constant um, keeping up with the, you know, the, everything online is a construct of what someone wants you to think or believe about them. Right. Um, and so yeah. I think most of the time people don't realize that the things that they're consuming are framing their worldview based on a false construct instead of actually mm. doing the deep inner work of getting clear on what they want to feel like day to day. And once you know what you want to feel like on a day to day, then you can start creating a life around that that is going to be supportive and conducive to that. And for most people, that's probably going to look like less time on, online. It's probably going to look like more physical activity. It's probably going to look like mm-hmm. less connections, fewer but deeper relationships where you actually have a very heart-centered and, and depth of relationship, right? And so I think, again, all of these things are, are they're so individual, 
And I think that, yeah, I mean, especially for for you guys listening that are the younger generation that you were brought up with a phone in your face, right? It's like you have to create your life. You have to design your life. Otherwise, it'll be designed for you. And when, when it's designed for you, it's just a constant reaction instead of you stepping into the role that God has for you, which is the co-creator of your life. He gave you the, the, the clay. He gave you the gifts. He gave you the talent. He gave you the intellect. He gave you the opportunity. But you are the co-creator. The gifts are present already. What you do with those gifts, that's the outcome of your life. That is, we have free will. That is the outcome of our lives. And so you yeah. have to decide, what will you do with the clay? right? How will you exercise the free will that you have in your own life to be a co-creator of absolutely anything that you desire? So good. I once heard a preacher put, um, put it like this, like God gave us the wood and the tools to build the table, but he didn't give us the table. Like he gave us all we need. I don't know why table was used, but he gave us all we need, but he's not going to build it for us. Like we've got to. And so co-creator. I love that. I'm curious. I'm always selfishly so interested in like super successful, ambitious women that I, of course, look up to in regards to this relationship between if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And God is the ultimate, like God is God. I'm not God. Like, how do you balance that in your life? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's something that I pray about a lot, (laughs) right? Um, Because that's that's the never ending question, right? So, so for me, you know, like I just said, I I I know I feel that I have clarity at this stage in my life on what where God is expecting me to go and and what the vision is for my life, and my job is to show up and apply myself fully to that, but. I'm not all knowing. I don't know. There's there's things that, you know, we go after in life that we think are for us and and maybe they're not, right? And so, you know, I think it's one of those things where just accepting that rejection comes in order to redirect us and to protect us. And sometimes that can feel like losing years of your life. Sometimes that can feel like a relationship that you invested in for years that then overnight is gone. Sometimes it feels like I, I had two partnerships that failed um, where people just really kind of took advantage of my kindness, perceived kindness for weakness and really tough lessons with that, really tough lessons with, you know, a lot of things I've gone through in business over the process. You know, people see the success on the outside. They have no idea the turmoil, the setbacks, the obstacles, the the tears, the 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 losses that you suffered on the way to that. And so I think that if it's going to be, it's up to me, absolutely. But the ultimate decider is is God, right? So you show up and you apply yourself fully and you do the best that you can possibly do and you give it everything that you've got and you trust that if it's for you, it will be. And if it's not for you, there's something so much better that you're not aware of, that's not on your radar, that you don't even have in your perspective uh, that's coming down the pike. And it's learning just so, so, so hard because we're stubborn, right? I know I'm stubborn. When I step into something like, God help you, <laughs> like, right? But yeah, it's, it's yeah. that constant yeah. journey and that constant process of trusting that if it is in fact for you, it, it will be. And if it's not, there's something better on the way. 
I love how you talk about the tears and the rejection, because I think sometimes when we are confident that we're following in what God has planned for us, we think it's smooth sailing, baby, you know, like nothing's coming. And I was, you know, in scripture yesterday, just looking at, you know, Jesus talking about how you have to build your house on the solid rock and the wind will come and the rain will come and the flood waters will come. It's like we forget that part. And when sometimes flood waters come in the form of Susie saying something rude about the business you're building and or, you know, Johnny over there making fun of you at the lunchroom, whatever have you, we forget that Jesus told us like that stuff will come. It's what are you building that progression on? And you talk about this 1% life, like living your 1% life. And part of that, I'm sure, is navigating your relationship with the heart and the challenges that come your way. So talk to me through, like, you have this 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 pattern of, of teaching people to live their 1% life. What, is it, what does that look like? And what does it look yeah, like to I kind mean, of listen, claim that? I, I think in everything, you can live above the line or you can live below the line. That's it. Like, I think it's that simple in life. It's either you're a victim and things happen to you or you're an empowered creator and things happen for you. And to me, it's very black and white. And you have to decide which person are you. Because if you're the person that lives above the line, you do not, you do not anticipate that there will not be challenges or that there will not be hardships or that there will not be, you know, um, setbacks or, or whatever along the way. But you decide that, you're going to respond in the best way you possibly can and you're going to keep moving forward and you're going to learn and you're going to grow from it and you know whatever but if you live below the line then you you've given your power away and you've decided that things are happening to you there's nothing you can do about it and you just have to to react to to the cards that you're dealt right so um, I think that's a really important decision and it's it's something that especially for the next generation I think is you guys, you got to get that, right? Because no one is instilling that in this generation. You have to do it for yourself. Um, and you have to have high aspirations for yourself. Um, you know, it's it's sad to me that culture has perpetuated um, so many things that are so detrimental to, you know, 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. And, you know, there's just been so many um, – diversions from the evolution um, of becoming your best self. And and that's why it's great that people have this show to listen to, um, you know, with with you, Annie, because um, you you need someone to create a pattern interrupt to be like, yo, like that's that's not good for you. Like that may be popular. That may yeah. be the trend. That may be what you see all your peers, all your colleagues doing. But that is not good for you. That is not going to create the life that you want. That's not going to give you the outcome that you want. And um, I, I think it's really, really important to know that, like, ultimately, you're on a path alone. And that might sound harsh. That might sound, you know, oh, I don't want to be on a path alone. You are. Like, whether you like it or not, when things are going well and when you have a lot to give to others, people are going to rally around you. And when you're at your lowest moment and when things aren't going well, you're going to look to the left and you're going to look to the right. And you're going to realize, holy shit, I'm actually alone in this. And it's going to be between you and God to figure your stuff out and to pick yourself back up again. And so I think it's really important to understand that the people that you feel like you have to prove yourself to or the people that you're adjusting your behavior around or the people that you feel like you have to keep up with or the people that you have to prove something, they ain't going to be there. When it get, when the going gets tough, they ain't going to be there, right? So you have to build yourself up. You have to be strong mentally and physically and yeah. spiritually 
so that when those hard times come, you are equipped to deal with it. Um, because Sally and Susie that were encouraging you to take the leap and to do this and to do that stupid crap, they're not going to be there to help you through it. So just, you know, keeping, keeping, um, being a good steward of your own life. Like really like that, that's how I could encapsulate it is like being a good steward of your own life. It's short. It goes quick. Right. And so that's just, you know, something to think about. So true. It's just taking responsibility. And it's funny, you know, it's, yeah, to your point, not only do we not have people or organizations, schools teaching kids to do that, they're teaching them the opposite. Like I have a teacher, I mean, I have a sister who's a fourth grade teacher and she's legal, like she's not allowed to fail. She's not allowed to fail the kid, you know? And and I'm just like, man, when you're teaching that kid, they don't have to take responsibility for not studying. They don't have to take responsibility. And, um, and I think about my own life, like to your point, I always say the only relationship you are guaranteed to have the entirety of your life, the entirety of it is the one with your creator and yourself. So why on earth would you not yeah. prioritize flourishing those relationships so first? Because to your, like I even, my parents, my heroes, I have the best, I mean, I have an unfair advantage of having the best parents in the world. I do. I say that every, I love my parents. But even then, they're not yeah. with me the entirety of my life. And so it's it's learning how to navigate what does Annie do when she's down, when she's happy? What are her weak spots? What are her strong points? Yeah. What does God want me to do with that? How does he want me to steward this life? Taking responsibility for my, oh, yeah. crap, I messed up moments, which come very often. And, yeah. just, and just walking in that. So, Kelly, I love that. And I know we're, we're coming up on time here. So last question I have for you is how I always end off the podcast. You know, we, we do have this younger generation we're speaking to. And there's the classic question of like, if you could go back and give yourself advice, what would you say? I'm going to ask you, like 10-year-old Kelly, 15-year-old Kelly, what advice would she give oh, you? Oh, that's right so now? good. Um, that's so good. Yeah, I think just have fun. Just have fun. You know, just keep that, keep that innocence, keep that, that childlike fun in your heart and in your spirit. And I just had my 41st birthday two days ago. And yeah, and, <gasps> and so I'm just in a journey of returning to that, right? I just signed up for a hip hop class. I'm like working with a new personal trainer. I'm like kind of like getting back into some things. I think just giving yourself permission to like have fun along the way. I love that. Yeah. Because we're all children, right? We are all children of God. And I think sometimes we yeah. don't, we don't have fun. If you're like, I know a lot of people listening to this are like yeah. us and that they're ambitious, they have goals and they forget like yeah. at the end of the day, it is about having, yeah. God wants yeah. us to have fun. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. We're not here forever. Um, Kelly, thank you for being on. I, this was so delightful. I know my listeners tuning in are just so much insight and um, I'm just so grateful that you took the time and, and poured your heart. Thank into you for having me. Today. It was great to be here. Hey, beautiful people. I hope this episode blessed you. Two quick things before you tune me out. One, if this podcast means anything to you, if you find value from it, I really am asking you to leave a review. It helps me out a ton. It also helps get this word out to anybody else God wants it to be put on their heart. 
Second thing is if you're ever like me and don't have a full hour or 40 minutes to designate to a full podcast episode, I have a brand new podcast for you. It's the baby podcast of this parent podcast, Made to Shine. It's called Made to Shine Minute. It is literally 60 seconds every single morning of an idea, a nugget put on my heart, what have you. I hope it blesses you. You can find it everywhere you look for podcasts. 